With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the good news with Angie Austin. Now, with the good news, here's Angie. Hi, friend. Welcome to the good news with Angie Austin. We are talking with an author today, Debbie Kirk. Her book is Wealth Without Sorrow, The Journey to Blessings. Welcome, Debbie Kirk. Thank you, Angie. It's just a pleasure to be here. I love the the fact that this is a, real, a realistic approach to becoming debt-free using biblical principles. So kind of give us a, you know, a little synopsis of the book before we get started into the nitty-gritty. Yeah, absolutely. Can, can I give you a little synopsis about me first? Sure. Not because I like to talk about myself, but it, it kind of sets a good uh, tone for even why I wrote the book. Um, and so, so, Angie, when I was growing up, I grew up in Washington State. And I grew up in a family that really, we didn't have anything. Um, we, we weren't like poor, poor, but we weren't, we weren't, I don't think we were even middle class, really. Um, so there really wasn't a reason for me to think that, that I could be financially free, I could be debt free, I could be prosperous. You know, I just didn't grow up with that. We didn't, we didn't take, you know, fancy vacations, everything was kind of you know, camper, you know, across the border into Canada, you know, mm-hmm. kind of life. And, and it was great. It was just, it was all we knew. Um, but I was a rebel. I mean, like I dropped out of school in eighth grade. I started dating older guys. I, you know, I, I, I got pregnant, had a miscarriage. I just, I did everything wrong when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I dropped out after eighth grade. And, and my story is really about how God can redeem someone who doesn't have an education or thinks that they, like, messed up so bad that, you know, they can't get back on track again. Um, so, so my book is really about still a girl with only an eighth grade education who God just took through the corporate world and, and allowed me to sell my business right before COVID for, like, top dollar. And so it's kind of a, a story of, I don't want to say regs to riches, but no matter where you are, that, that God can take you from, you know, a, a place of just being the lowest of the low to, to exceeding using the principles in the word. And so, and, and so when we talk, we're going to talk about the specifics of applying the principles, uh, you know, from the Bible in order to get out of debt and become successful. What, after you got your life back together, you drop out of, you know, school in eighth grade, uh, you know, take, make choices that now you don't think were the best choices. Uh, then what line of work did you get into uh, eventually running your own business? Yeah. So when I was 16 and I met my to be husband, um, we were kind of praying about, you know, a job for me. Where was I going to work? And, and God just led me to um, this old A&W restaurant, you know, where they did the car hops and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I met a, the Christian owner there. I met him and we just got along really well. Um, and then about a year after he bought a travel agency and after about six years in the restaurant business, I would follow him there. 
And that's where I would spend the rest of my, I'll just say, working career, um, about 23 years in the travel industry, um, which we all know was majorly affected, you know, when, when COVID came. Um, and so, so you sold so, yeah. right before all of that really hit. Yeah, and it was, you know, it was a, a true miracle because I had been wanting to, to sell like the year prior and, and nothing had kind of fallen into place. But I knew that God put a call on me to teach biblical finances to his people. And and that was a strong call. And right before COVID happened, I actually, it's a company out of Denver, Colorado, uh, had, uh, we had been put together and I talked to him and for some reason I said, you know what, I do want to sell and I want to close in three months. And three months was October 31st of 2019. Wow. And so God was just so faithful. Um, but on top of that, we didn't want to sell anybody anything that was, you know, not profitable for them. And uh, and God allowed us to um, really retain about 67% of our sales in that next year, even even through COVID as a travel agency. So, um, yeah, my, my testimony is definitely the faithfulness of God, you know, um, in your in your tithes and offerings. And that's that's where it starts. So let's get into some of the principles. If you're just joining us again, we're talking about the book Wealth Without Sorrow with the author Debbie Kirk, uh, The Journey to Blessing, A Realistic Approach to Becoming Debt-Free Using Biblical Principles. So let's just kind of give the lowdown and give uh, you know some, some tips and pointers to people, uh, you know, where to start. Absolutely. Well, I think that, that one thing that doesn't get taught in churches today as much is the importance of the tithe and the offering. Because I, I think a lot of people are, are told that, you know, the tithe and offering went away with the Old Testament. And, and what I try to teach people is that the entire word, the entire Bible is the word of God from Genesis, Genesis to Revelation. And he gave us a, a blueprint. He gave us a plan. And his plan is, is to give. Give and it shall be given. Um, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. So the very first thing, and this is where I started when I was 16 years old, is in the tithe and the offering. And I always say, if you're not doing that, then then the rest of it won't matter. Because really, the promise of protection, financial protection, comes out of Malachi 3. Um, and I don't know if you want me to read that or not. Yeah, go or... ahead. <laughs> okay. So the Bible says to bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there might be food in my house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing so that you will not have room enough to receive it. And then he goes on to say, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, so that your vine shall not fail to bear fruit for you in the field. So this is where, this is where it really starts. When, when we want the protection and the provision from God over our finances, over, you know, over where we work, um, just anything that we put our hand to, it starts with the tithe and the offering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, so, and really, and, and so about, that's probably a hard uh, thing to pass on to people who are in debt for them to understand that they still could do this. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I've heard statistics that, that say, you know, only 5% of, of the church tithe. And, and I kind of say, okay, well, if you were to look in your sphere of influence or your friends, 
I, it, it, would you see about 5% of them that are blessed? And, and I promise you, those are the ones that are tithing and paying their offerings. And it's not because God needs our money. He just needs our obedience so that he can, he can work on our behalf. Uh, so, so yeah, tithing is the thing that un- unlocks the hand of God to be able to release those, those promises. You, you have to do the principles to get the promises. Um, so, yeah, Angie, that's right. I love it. Okay. Uh, wealth without sorrow. Uh, wh- what, what is that about? So you're, talking, you're, you're teaching people how to get out of debt, but not just get out of debt. You're really t- teaching uh, financial integrity for Christians and getting ahead and becoming su- successful as you did with an eighth grade education, uh, running your own business and selling it for a good profit. Um, so this is not just the getting out of debt. This is the flip side, the success. Exactly. And this is the major part to me, because I actually tell people, you know, I, I'd rather you be poor and go to heaven than, than rich and miss it. You know, because really, the Bible says that, that God has given us the power to get wealth to establish His covenant on the earth. And if people don't understand the reason why we have wealth, it's, it's so easy for them to be, um, to be led astray, right? Cause money can, can lead people astray probably faster than anything. Mm-hmm. The love of money is the root of all evil. So uh, character is something that I focus on, you know, big time in, you know, because I'll, I'll teach people how to get out of finances and stuff. But I always want that teaching in between there, because the Bible says that we prosper as our soul prospers. Mm-hmm. Um, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou would prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. And I think that little tagline at the end is, is the one that gets forgotten as our soul prospers. So what I'm able to handle today isn't necessarily what I can handle in a year from now. And so when, when we start being obedient where we're at, God will enlarge us as, as we're faithful. And, and really, we're not, we're not really proving anything to God because He knows what we're going to do, but we are, we are showing ourselves what we'll do. And so what I'm able to handle today is not what I could handle 20 years ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so it's a soul-prospering process. Um, and, and, and really about getting back to the basics, getting back to the character and the principles in the Word of God, um, getting back to Proverbs and, and just, you know, honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase, so your barn will be filled with plenty and your vats with new wine. Um, so, yeah. You talk about, you know, when we're talking about finances, getting out of debt and then becoming financially successful, you talk about blessing blockers. What are some of those? Yeah, well, you know, some things that happen in people's lives, let's let's just say that um, I give some examples, actually, some some real examples of of just conversations that that I've had. And um, let's say that, you know, you're paying your tithe and offering on the side, but maybe you're not conducting your business. Um, you know, God is all about, you know, balanced weights and measures and, um, and we do right by people. So, you know, I, 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 I mentioned this one example that there was a gentleman that was going to buy a car from someone else and he was going to pay a certain price, but he said, you know, Hey, you know, I'll pay that price for the car, but on the receipt, I only want you to write this because I don't want to pay tax on more than that. And, and so we have to be very careful that the principles that we're doing in our everyday life, you know, cheating on our taxes, 
um, just how we conduct ourselves. Um, and a lot of those, I go back to Proverbs, just, you know, because there's so much character and stewardship in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really, I talk about marrying the principles with the promises, because so many people want to claim the promises, but they don't want to do the principles. That um, is a very... That, that's, That's a very good point, and I could see how that would be a blessing blocker. You get out to your car, and you see you've only been charged for one of your four plants or whatever, and you want to set a good example for your children uh, not to get into these blessing blockers. What do you hope readers or listeners will come away with from reading your book, Wealth Without Sorrow, Debbie? Really, what I want them to come out with is just a, a, a real search of their heart. And, you know, just to, to open their heart to God, show me what this is. Show me what you what you mean when you talk about finances. There's so many verses that we pick up out of the Old Testament and we say, oh, yeah, you know, that verse is for today. But then we'll pick up another one and say, oh, that's Old Testament. So we can't pick and choose the things that we want to believe about the Bible or believe still apply. You know, it's all God's word and it's all God's heart. So what what I want people to get out of it is just to search their own hearts. And it's not about going back and making, you know, retribution. It's just about starting and being obedient where you're at. And and I, I kind of, you know, there's no perfect formula for, for things because when you're talking about people's heart, everyone's in a different place. But I do have steps to take, you know, that are like, hey, have you done this? Have you done this? Have you done this? And, and if you do these things, it will lead you into the blessing um, as, as the Bible teaches it. I love it. All right. So Debbie, um, you and your husband had that travel agency with over 100 employees and you've worked now with that eighth grade education and a lot of business development and finance. Uh, uh, really impressive. Uh, what a what a blessing to have you on the show. Will you give us a website where we can find you and get more information on your book, Wealth Without Sorrow? Absolutely. And, and I have to say, it was actually a, the friend that I worked for at the A&W was the owner of the agency, and his name was Rick Herzog. Um, and he's passed away now, but uh, him and his, uh, his wife and I were partners for the last uh, seven years. Um, and uh, so you can find me at www.kirkministries, all run together, one word, kirkministries.com. And it'll show you information about the book and also kind of an upcoming course that we're working on. Excellent. um, Well, can't thank you enough. We're out of time. Thank you so much, Debbie Kirk. And again, it's K-I-R-K, kirkministries.com. When you shop at your local ARC, your hard-earned money directly supports individuals with disabilities. 80% of people with intellectual disabilities are unemployed. And at ARC Thrift Stores, approximately 20% of employees are individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities. ARC Thrift is one of Colorado's largest employers of people with disabilities. They provide extra support for their employees, giving them the opportunity to decide how they live, learn, work, and play through the ARC Ambassadors Program. The program provides a community for employees with disabilities where they create lasting friendships. ARC Thrift Ambassadors attend social events throughout the year where they are encouraged to work together. And ARC is a company that lives and breathes its mission, going above and beyond to create a space of inclusivity, morale, and culture. Decide to shop today at an ARC Thrift store near you. Find the nearest location at 670KLTT.com. 
Hello there, Angie Austin with the good news, along with Jennifer Bishop, our hope broker friend. And uh, today we are talking all good things about life, love, and uh, God. Right, Jen? Amen. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's what we're talking about. But on the good news, it's not always good news. It's the good news is how we handle things in life because we talk about difficult situations. And we both got a message from our friend this week. She's been messaging us a lot, Beatrice Bruno, who lost her husband a couple of years ago. And now she is nursing her father through his, you know, he's 90 through his last days. And she doesn't believe he's ready for hospice, but they're telling her to put him in hospice. And I said, look, I am praying for you. But just because they put him in hospice doesn't mean he has to stop fighting if he wants to get better and he does not want to stay in hospice, there is a chance. It's not a death sentence. It's uh, it's up to him if he believes he's not ready, you know, to go and he is not suffering from a fatal illness and he's just older and he's going through a tough spot, then, you know, he can still get work his way out of there. It isn't, not everyone dies that goes to hospice. 100%. I don't know if you know this, but I did Medicaid eligibility for nursing home and home and community-based services, and part of that was hospice care. And there are people that get out of hospice. I the did not only know definition, that. I mean, I did not know yes, that you did that the, job. Yes, I know. That's so funny when we're talking about this this week. And the, the, the great, the, you know, I'm giving people hope that all hospice means is that they're not doing life-saving uh, treatments to save. So, but, you know, for, for me, for myself being a believer, it's like when God is ready for you to go, you're going to go. So there's been people that have gotten off of hospice or because part of the, the criteria is that you have to have something that's going on in your body and they give you less than a year to live. Okay. Less yeah. than a year. Yeah. So, you know, and again, her dad is 90, 91, right? 90, I think. I mean, he's 90. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, and I've been talking to her, too, about this. And, you know, it's we, we're all going to pass. Do you want, you want to know the most... It's like you want it to be peaceful. You, you want to know mm-hmm. the most amazing thing about her being with him? Her parents did not raise her, and her mother, she didn't know at all, and she also was with her mother in her last days, and she has gone to see her Mm -hmm. father a lot. He did not raise her. Uh, Her grandparents, his parents were raising her, and then at 13, her grandfather died, and she was with a grandmother who she believed hated her. Her grandmother was very mean, so she was raised by... Mm -hmm. Someone that, you know, didn't take her to church, um, didn't, you know, she didn't love the Lord. Then Beatrice became a believer after she was a sergeant in the Marine in the, uh, Ar- Army. And her dad, she's, I just love it. She says, I said, I really admire you for taking such good care of your father. And she says that she sees it as a blessing that she's given this opportunity. Whereas some people would be like, look, you weren't there for me. You didn't raise me. You can die alone in, 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 in hospice. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people, they don't have that forgiving heart. And I just love the heart that Beatrice has. And of course, as a Christian, she is to me the epitome of a Christian woman. And she is right by his bedside feeding him and even her daughter came and they're they're just taking great care of him. I I agree. And you know, same with you. Like 
you know, I do believe you are the people of the the five that you most associate with. And I want to associate with people that are, you know, give forgiveness and, you know, just do the things that we are called to do. And it's hard. Like, I can't imagine, I really can't, how hard it must be sometimes, you know, for her and for you, like you forgave your father and not out of like, oh, I'm, I'm just better. I'm going to get all these awards and, you know, accolades. No, like you had to work through those things. She had to work through those things. And I remember her telling us stories of her grandmother. And the one that stuck out in my mind and my heart was her grandmother told her she was too black. She was too dark to be loved. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that. Tomorrow's my son's birthday. And I was texting him this morning saying, you know, 24 years ago today. And, you know, you were wanted. You were loved. We, you know, we went through infertility issues. I want you to know. And don't you ever forget that you were loved because not everybody is that's not how they come into this world. And yeah, of course, he doesn't say anything. But Look, what Beatrice, <laughs> right? What Beatrice said um, regarding I wanted to backtrack to what she said about her father. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I said how much I you know, I said, uh, be blessed, friend, you're an incredible mm-hmm. woman for taking care of your father, you know, after it, you know, she knows that I know that he didn't raise her. And she said, Good morning yeah. and blessings to you and your family. Uh, his strength seems to be diminishing, meaning her father, but he's a fighter. That's for sure. Thanks for checking in on me. On a side note the same way we treat our elders is the way we want to be treating i'm finding uh that it's my honor to come and serve my dad regardless of whether i was raised by him or not just a thought have an awesome day beatrice Mm, yeah i it's so funny that you and i have been speaking to her separately but to get like she sent me a similar message as well and it is it is an honor Uh, yeah Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about uh, Beatrice is a widow. So we've talked a lot about that grieving over the past few years. And uh, National Widows Day you were mentioning was this week, and you wanted to speak a little bit about that. Yeah, it, you know, it's so interesting. And now me dating a widower, it's been interesting for the last year. And Beatrice wrote something earlier in the week that she said that, um, you know, when when people say, I know how you feel. And I just, I chimed in and I said, you know, Beatrice, I said that I don't think any of us should or can say ever, I know how you feel, because unless you've been through that person's exact circumstances, how can you? And something that I say is I can't imagine because I can't imagine, you know, having the love of your life, And, you know, yes, some people that are widowers, it wasn't a great relationship, but there were a lot that it was. And I know Beatrice, I know my boyfriend, he had an amazing relationship with his wife. I'm like, I can't imagine. And it was interesting. She posted some statistics. 800,000 people are widowed each year and 700,000 of those are women. Oh, my. And then it. I know. And most of the widows, they live in poverty. And that the death of a spouse is listed as the number one stressors on the stress index scale and considered one of the most devastating events in somebody's life. That gives me chills. And then 60% of those who lose a spouse or significant other will experience a serious illness 
within 12 months. My boyfriend did within a year, like very significant. Oh, and, and he then, would, had, had his um, wife not gotten sick, he would have probably never been single, you know, it's, you know, right, you know what I'm right. saying? No, like not, he wouldn't be out there in yeah. the dating pool. No, not at all. And that, I mean, also like when my, when my dad passed my mom, she was only 67. She died within that year. And it, you know, she ended up getting cancer. She wasn't sick. And I do think um, people, and it says it is really possible to die of a broken heart. Uh, oh. Widows have widowers have thirty percent elevated risk of death in the first six months after their loss. I think it, you know, that depression that comes. I, I there was a really neat story uh, about uh, an older. He was a widower, and he lives in Minnesota, and he didn't have any children, so he didn't have any grandchildren, and his wife passed away. And what he decided to do, and I don't know what he's doing to get people to come over in the winter, but what he did is he built a pool in his backyard. Here he is, this very <laughs> senior citizen, and he built the pool and put a sign up that said, you know, pools open during the week, these hours or whatever, send your kids over or come on over. And so he has a pool full of neighbors that come over and keep him company and are just so grateful for a place to go. And it, it was just such a beautiful story. It came out of CARE, the station in Minneapolis, and it was one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. I interviewed the reporter because he did several of these stories. Another uh, older gentleman had a next-door neighbor, a little boy, that really helped him, uh, you know, like helped him get through his older years. And uh, it, they would, you know, mow the lawn together. He'd ride on the tractor. He'd come over and they just established this like toddler. You know, he was maybe, I don't know, four. Um, you know, this, not even in kindergarten yet, this kid just changed his life and they developed such a beautiful friendship so that when he moved to a senior facility and left his home, uh, the kid still came to visit with his mom. It was really a neat friendship. Anyway, this friend of mine does these amazing stories out of uh, care uh, in Minneapolis and he, that's all mm -hmm. he does really is good news. Oh, but it truly is I just, you know, with um, Winona Ryder passing away, mental illness. And I mean, Naomi reminds me, you mean Naomi, Naomi sorry, Judd. Naomi, no, Naomi Judd. God. Yeah. What am I? Yeah. I like, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. What? No, no, no. Yeah. Sorry. Yes, yes, yes. And I met the Judds years ago and they were both delightful. Um, it was. Yeah. And. With mental illness, yeah, thank you, Angie. With mental illness, it just is, you know, I think we think strong people and Robin Williams, you know, is another person that that comes to my mind. And it's like we need to check on everyone. Like, you know, people Anthony Bourdain, would anyone like, have ever thought oh. that Anthony Bourdain would take his life? I mean, a lot of people, I mean, and uh, Naomi Judd had a lot of wisdom, very smart, but she had spoken, as many of us know, about how dark the depression had become for her over the years. And uh, this was another bout because she'd come out of it and gone back into it. And she said, until you've been in that dark hole, you can't even imagine how bad it feels. I, I can't, I, you know, again, I can't, I can't even imagine, you know, when, yeah. And that's why it's just so important. Uh, I saw TikTok this week and it said something about, you know, your friends aren't the ones that show up to go drink and your friends aren't the ones that show up to go to lunch. Your friends are, your friends are the ones that check on you periodically to say, check in. How are you doing? How are you doing? Those are your real friends. Not the ones that are there for the parties or the birthdays or, you know, things like that. And I was like, you know what? That's so true. 
and uh, you know, Angie, we were talking, and as 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 I get older, my friend base gets sh- smaller and smaller and smaller, but they're tighter and tighter and. Well, tighter. it's the people that stick with and, you through the difficult times. It's the people that dump don't dump you over small some small affront, or you become friends mm-hmm. with one of your kids' uh, friends' parents, and you think you're really good friends, and then they have a disagreement, and all of a sudden your friendship's over. You know, it's just I don't. I can't believe how lightly so many people take friendships that if you do have a really valuable friendship, um, you should not be throwing these away. They are worth the work, you know, and I was looking Mm up, um, Mm -hmm. we only have about a minute left, but I was looking up, um, you know, scripture for my son who's been going through some difficult things at school and some kids started a rumor that was not true about him. It was Mm -hmm. really dangerous rumor. So my husband met with the dean and they, um, there's a, no contact, you know, kind of a stop, like you can't, you can't yell fire in a theater kind of thing, like this kid can't Mm -hmm, do this. mm -hmm. And so um, anyway, um, he's just really been going through it with kids approaching him and texting him asking if these rumors are true. So I've been finding scripture, you know, for difficult um, uh, times. And I like Romans 828. And we know for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And I told my son, I'm like, you're going to be a stronger person because you're learning how to deal with it. We like half the schools, you know, coming up to you or texting you and asking you about this horrible rumor i mean like one of the worst rumors you could start about a kid in high school and that the dean has said like Mm. called the kid in and said you can't you know be doing this and there's a no they signed it we signed a no contact so the kid can no longer talk about him or come into contact with him oh we're out of time jennifer bishop give us your website thank you livingyourpotential.com thank you and i'll be praying for him thanks honey so hard Mm. Thank you for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin on AM670 KLTT. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.